I thought Barry Trotz was going to run into that Zoom call and actually kiss the guy. If he's going to be this good, where are the holes on this hockey team? While we're, we're doing therapy on my childhood here, how refreshing has it been to, to watch Matt Barzell's game this season? Can you imagine anyone buying a Gross Burger? Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 73. Hi, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday. Please find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday and also via Newsday Islanders text, which is your direct connection to one-on-one communication with me and other Newsday staffers covering the team. You can text 631 303-3766. That texting number again is 631-303-3766 or go to newsday.com backslash IELTS text to start your 14-day trial subscription. And no waiting here. I'm going to come right to my good friend, Brian Compton, you know him, you love him, of NHL.com. Uh, you've been listening to him uh, way before you were listening to me, and uh, he's going to be with us here for the whole show. So this is either going to go spectacularly well, and we're going to have to put him on the payroll, or this will be the end of Island Ice. So, hey, Brian, how's it going today? I'm doing great, Andrew. Am I the first uh, guest that has delivered news days in the past? I think Alan Hahn might have. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I, I got to check back with Alan. I think he might have been a, a, a Newsday delivery boy at one point. Uh, I was hoping to uh, be a trivia answer there, but okay. I'm uh, doing well, man. How are you? I am I am good. Uh, I mean, we're, we're not as good as the Islanders right now, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good. And I got a million topics uh, to, to go over with you. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, First of all, at some point, I want you to individually review all 972 KISS concerts you've been at. Um, I can do that, yeah. Yeah, and we're going to have to spend about 20 minutes ragging on Christian Arnold at some point. I can definitely do that, absolutely. (laughs) But I I, want to start with this. What is the pride you feel every morning you wake up knowing there's a sandwich named after you? Because it is, I, I mean... I, I am so jealous and, 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 and I will never have that, that honor because can you imagine anyone buying a gross burger? <laughs> you know, it, uh, yeah. When, when Donnie first did that for me, first of all, it was very humbling, but then it's like, what's left to accomplish once you have a sandwich named after you. And of course it's, it's the McRib style sandwich, but it's much better because it's actual meat, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm just so happy for Donnie, Andrew, because, you know, he opened that deli right when this pandemic started. I mean, you can't think of a worse possible time yeah. to start your own business when everything's on lockdown and nobody wants to go outside. But um, it, it sounds like his business is, is thriving right now. It's really great to see. He's such a good dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a, a little plug for them, but uh Hey, listen, uh, seriously, Islanders are playing are playing fairly consistently. It, it's nine, two, and four uh, since January 30th. That was the end of that 03 and two road trip. Uh, when the get, season was over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If, if you were on social media at that point, <laughs> um, two overtime losses in, in, in Philly. And, and since then, 
points in 13 or 15 games. And, and that's Barry Trotz's mantra, right? Just however you do it by hook or crook, get, a, get at least a point out of the game. Yeah. I mean, look, they'll bore you to death if you let them. And that's happened a few times. I mean, even last night in, in Jersey, I mean, those first two periods, that, that was hard. I mean, uh, and, and the, the game before that, when Sorokin faced, what, two shots in the first period, um, that's the style they like to play. They're not interested in a track meet and trying to win game seven, six, like we've seen, um, from other teams in this league. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing, I'm sure we'll talk more about it later, later on, but the evolution right in front of our eyes with Oliver Wallstrom, um, you know, everybody's been screaming at you and me and Arthur and everybody else about, they need a sniper. This might be the guy, the shot we saw the other night. And then, uh, the, the goal in, in Jersey, he's, he's got the whole package and the fact that he's talking about how he's falling in love with, with the little details. I mean, that's music to Barry's ears for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and definitely we're going to do an Oliver Wallstrom uh, segment. I just want to set up the big picture before we get to that. Like you said, a, a, a 2-1 win in Jersey uh, on Tuesday night. First, first game in, in, in front of fans for the Islanders since March 10th, 2020. Yeah. Uh, there, there were a smattering of uh, Islander fans, Islander blue jerseys amongst the 1,800 people at the Rock. Um, and yes, they announced it as a sellout of 1,800, <laughs> which, um, good work. Yeah. Yeah. Just how did that come across? I know you were, uh, you were at home watching the game on TV as Mike Morial covered the game for NHL.com, but how, how did it come across when you watched it? It was hard to tell the difference. Um, maybe cause the Islanders didn't allow a goal until there was 14 seconds left. And some people <laughs> might've already left the building. Um, yeah. I think we're going to get a better gauge, Andrew, when the Islanders play at home in front of fans um, with the lower roof. As you know, the rock, I mean, it's cavernous. I mean, that press yeah. box is a good nine miles from the ice. So yeah. Yeah. Um, once we get to, to Uniondale with fans in the building, which will be here very, very soon, um, I think that's going to give us a much better idea of what, what it's like to have at least some people in the building. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I could hear the fans, and I asked Andy Green, specifically asked Andy Green, because he's played so many games at the yeah. Rock, you know, as the captain of the Devils going back to, uh, I think he joined the team in 2008, if my memory is correct, so he's played a ton of games in that building, he said he he could sense it, I, you know, right away, and I thought it was funny, because he said the fans brought energy, uh, into the building and then all you heard the players and Barry Trotz talk about how there, there was no energy in the team <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's less about the fans and the fact that that was three and four game uh, three games in four days yeah. for the Islanders yeah you're, you're starting you know in March over 28 days you're playing 16 games in, in March I, I think what is it, 19 games in 33 days, if I'm correct. 33. They're basically playing every other day until the season's over. Right, and and, and yeah. a lot of and some back to backs. Yeah, just I, it's not just the Islanders. This is an NHL question, but you know, since it's an Islanders podcast and we're covering the Islanders, how do they survive this? I think it's goaltending. I mean, if Sorokin continues to play the way that we've seen, and I asked Barry about this the other night because, um, you know, they only have one back-to-back this month, Andrew, but they're playing every other night. You've got to find starts for Sorokin. Um, if you want Var- if Varley's going to be the guy in the playoffs, which I assume he will be, um, you want him to be somewhat fresh. So you've got to find games. And I think they will, especially with 
you know, these next 10 or 11 days, you've got three games against Buffalo, another three games against Jersey. These are prime opportunities for Ilya Sorokin to get some, some more starts here. You don't underestimate any team in the NHL. You just don't. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, you know, the, the, the devils are better than the Sabres. I, I think. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. But it's, it's not going to be easy still. Right. You're playing, what is it, seven out of eight games against the Devils and the Sabres. And, and those are, you know, seventh and eighth in the East Division. And the, yep. the, the Sabres can't score, you know, Jack Eichel, you know, if you believe it, you know, once out in the worst way. They're, they're probably going to wind up trading Taylor Hall. Uh, you know, he'll be on the move again. And it's a disaster up there, right? It is. Um, total mess. Yep. Yeah. So if you got seven of the eight games against... Uh, the the Devils and, and Sabers. That's what out of the fourteen points, you got to get what 11, 12 of those fourteen points, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, and it's not just those teams, Andrew. And the fans have to realize this. And you know, a lot of these fans, I've talked about this a lot when I used to do this on a weekly basis. Like they've been so conditioned forever to expect the worst that they have a they almost have a hard time embracing that this is a really, really good hockey team and every game is winnable, no matter who they're playing. I mean, look what they've done against Boston, right? Like they're one of the best teams in the league and it's taken, you know, there's been some bumps and there's going to be bumps with every team uh, over the course of a season, but um, they're so deep down the middle, arguably the deepest team down the middle in the NHL when you go one through four, Thankfully, they haven't had an injury on, on defense yet. I mean, you have to think that that's going to happen at some point. I don't want to, um, you know, Jason spook Wright. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the goaltending, if, if, if this is Sorokin uh, and Varley has been lights out for the majority of the year, there's not a lot of holes, especially going back to Wallstrom. If he's going to be this good, where are the holes on this hockey team? Honestly, it's probably the defense depth um, because how long are you going to ride the same six? And Barry has given every indication that this is that he will, right? Ad infinitum, as long as these six are healthy. But you know, it, we we saw it last season. Adam Pellick, you know, Adam Pellick suffers two season ending. Yep. In, you know, that tells you everything you need to know about the pandemic. Is you can suffer two season ending injuries <laughs> in one season. But they they really struggled when Adam Pellick was out of the lineup. And if the season had not been paused and if the postseason had not been determined on points percentage, you know, if it had gone on points, the Islanders would have, you know, potentially missed out on on that great playoff run they went on. So I I think it is very fragile. I, you know, I keep saying I think Sebastian Ajo could be NHL ready. You, You get the sense that maybe the Islanders are thinking differently. You know, and, and there's Thomas Hickey standing around. Is, is that enough defense depth for this team? Well, I was going to say, Tom, Thomas Hickey has been here all this time and hasn't played. So, I mean, and he hasn't played in what? A year and change now, right? I mean, it's been a long time. Um, and I asked Barry about Ajo a couple of weeks ago. It can't be good that he has not played at all. I don't know if they can put him on a on a conditioning stint so he can get a few games with Bridgeport, but he's got to play at some point. But um, how many teams have set really, really good seventh or eighth defensemen, Andrew, just to, to counter what you're saying? And I agree with you, um, but I think you can do a, a hell of a lot worse than, than guys like Ajo or Hickey if somebody goes down here. But Alec is, the, is one of those guys that if he gets hurt, it just changes 
changes the whole complexion of the hockey team. It really does. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. And uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I'll tell you what, we, we, we do want to talk about Oliver Wallstrom. So l- let's dive into that. But, but first, this message. Get the latest on the New York Islanders when you sign up to receive text alerts all season long. Newsday's Andrew Gross will text you real-time analysis and behind-the-scenes reporting for $4.99 a month. Go to newsday.com slash text to get started or text 631-303-3766. That's 631-303-3766 or online at newsday.com slash text. As I teased before that brief uh, house ad there, Oliver Wallstrom goals, uh, or, you know, a, a five game point streak. That's three goals, three assists in, in that streak. And you mentioned it. He, the first thing he talked about after uh, Tuesday's two, one win was how he's fallen in love with the details of his game. And I, I, I thought Barry Trotz was going to run into that Zoom call and actually kiss the guy because, because I mean, you know, I, I don't know whether that's Oliver Wallstrom. I, I don't think it's Oliver Wallstrom saying what the coach wants to hear, but he knows that's what the coach is looking for. And, and I think it's a great sign of maturity. Uh, on this kid and he and he's still a kid you know he was drafted in 2018 he's playing yep. in the NBA. um I, I think it's a great sign of maturity that he understands how he's going to be a very good to great NHL player the only thing missing from that was like a disco ball and endless love <laughs> playing in the background I mean that's exactly what Barry wants to hear right I look I, I think he's getting the message that if you want to play every night this is what I'm expecting from you. And some guys haven't grasped that. I won't mention names. And and Oliver Walsham clearly, clearly gets it. Um, and he's only playing, what, 10 and a half, 11 minutes a night? It's not like he's out there all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think with, with that release and what we're seeing too, Andrew, is he brings a whole different aspect and dimension to their power play because now you have a guy on each unit who can just bring it from that left circle between Pollock on one and Walsham on two. Um, and it's just changed the whole complexion of that power play, which has been mediocre at best in recent years. But man, if you have those two guys now firing away uh, and Pollock's going to get one eventually, you have to think so. I mean, he just uh, he destroyed a crossbar last night in Jersey, that poor thing. Um, <laughs> but um, the, this power play is just completely different with those two guys now. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I know you didn't want to mention names, but all you have to do is look to see who's in the lineup and, and, and who's not lineup. right. And, and yep. you know what, Kiefer Bellows had his chance to be in the lineup. In the last game he played, I think he only played uh, seven and a half minutes or something. And, and it was because it was his play away from from the puck. The play without the puck was something that Barry Trotz just could not trust. And if Barry can't trust you defensively, you're, you're just not going to play. And, you know, when, when you talk about Oliver Wallstrom's minutes, it, it's not so much you know, that, that Barry's easing him into the deep end or anything like that. I think it, that has more to do with how Barry Trotz is using, using uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. You know, there, there yeah. are shifts where Pajot is not centering the third line. There are shifts when he's, uh, you know, with Casey Sezikis or, 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 or Trotz uses him for a shift or so, you know, up with Nelly or, or, or even with Barzell. You know, it, it, I think it's more a function. It, it, it's both. 
but I think it, it speaks a lot to how Pajot is being used in this lineup as well. He has fit in so seamlessly with this hockey team. Uh, I know they didn't win a regular season game after they got him last year, but uh, he was so good in the playoffs, and he's been so good this year. Anything you ask the guy to do, he does it. Um, and getting back to Wallstrom, Andrew, you know, I think I asked Barry about it in January before Wallstrom was even cracking the lineup because there were so many questions about that third line, who was going to play with JG. And Barry said he was more concerned about keeping the puck out of his net than have inserting a guy who scores goals. You yeah. have to play a certain way if we're going to be successful. And we see it every night, one nothing, 2-1, 3-2. These are the games that the Islanders play, and it suits them well moving forward because those are the teams that succeed in the playoffs. You don't win, you don't win playoff games seven six and six five. You win the, the style that the Islanders play. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, it, it, just sticking with Wallstrom for a minute. Yes, it, it's great that he's he's improving defensively, but what everyone expects out of him is what he's delivering as of late. He's he's not afraid to shoot from anywhere on the right. ice. And what he's brought to the power play is what the Islanders have been looking for. And it's what Barry's trying to get out of Ryan Pulak on the other unit as well, is, is that Alex Ovechkin-like shot. Now, yeah. I'm not trying to compare <laughs> or Wally to Alex Ovechkin, right. but, but the concept is the same. You get that quick one-timer from a right-handed shot out of the left circle, and if you can get the goalie going side to side, uh, you can score from there, and, and we've seen Wallstrom do that on on the power play, and and and, it, and it's it's allowed uh, Trotz to kind of jigger his his power play uh, lineup a little bit, and now Beauvillier is skating more with uh, with Barzell and uh, you know uh, Anders Lee on, on that unit, and I think that makes kind of both units stronger, and and you've seen it in, in the power play work. I mean, all of a sudden the the Islanders have a power play that can make a difference in a game, which is something we haven't seen the first two seasons under Barry Trotz. And when you have a couple of guys who aren't afraid to shoot the puck, it also creates the opportunity for rebounds. And when you have big bodies like Andrews Lee and Brock Nelson standing there, um, that creates secondary opportunities or redirections or, you know, other ways to score goals. So um, that's been an issue in the past. They didn't have guys who were willing to shoot the puck. Um, that was Barzi's Achilles heel the first couple of years of his career. So um, it's great to see um, they have a lot of weapons now. If, if guys like Beauvillier get going and Josh Bailey, who had a big weekend against the Penguins, um, they need everybody to contribute. That's, that's another reason uh, when the Islanders are successful. It's because everybody's contributing. You don't have one guy carrying them ever. Oh, uh, there, there are two guys I want to talk to you about, and they're both on the top line. But uh, how how refreshing has it been to, to watch Matt Barzell's game this season? I mean, you know, two seasons, you know, under Barry, we've seen, you know, and and, and, and certainly his, his rookie season, that Calder season, you know, you always saw the offensive, you know, potential there. You saw the skating you had those moments where your jaw dropped because he is so good uh, on his skates, but the the total package did not always come together. You know, sometimes, as you mentioned, Barzell would skate around, skate around, skate around, and it was like watching an ISO play in basketball in the NBA (laughs) where the other other guys are just standing still, you know? And now... Uh, you know, Barzell, and again, you know, like Wallstrom, it, it, 
he's playing better defensively. You see him back check, you see him with good gaps, you see him supporting, and, and, and he's been better back there, right? You can see he's thinking about it. Yeah, but, I think a lot. I think a lot of these guys, Andrew, long term, are going to owe a lot to what Barry Trotz has done for their careers in terms of becoming better two way hockey players. Honestly, and Barzy's one of them for sure. He back checks now like a maniac. You yeah. you rarely see him miss an assignment, which wasn't the case a couple of years ago when the Islanders <laughs> allowed three hundred goals. Um, you know, it's just it's it's great to see, and um, you know, I wonder one day if he joins the PK because of his speed and his stick. If he breaks up a play and off he goes, right? I mean, it's certainly something we could see in years to come. Yeah. Um, but he's his defensive game has grown leaps and bounds under Barry Trotz, as pretty much everybody else. Scott Mayfield, Adam Pellick, all these guys. Pollock has become one of the best two-way defensemen in the league. Um, yeah. A lot of these guys owe, owe a ton to Barry Trotz. No question. Yeah, yeah the, 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 what I was going to say about Barzy, though, is – you know, he's not always pass first anymore. Right. And, and you talk about refreshing things. He's got, he's got a tremendous wrist shot. He sure and, does. <laughs> and, and he's looking for it now. And, and that just opens up so much for, you know, for, you know, whoever he's on the ice with Aunt Lee and it's usually Lee and, uh, and Eberly and Pelican Pulak, but it just opens up so much when he's, when he's thinking shot first like that. I remember talking to Barry the first year that he was here, Andrew, he was begging Barzy to shoot the puck. I mean, he yeah. just never, ever shot the puck. Um, and it's great. It's nice to see him doing that now. And, and you're right. I mean, he's had a couple of, of wrist shots that go in this year. We're like, Oh my God, you know, where's this been these past few years? And you know, if that, if he continues to work on that and it starts going in, um, man, he's good. He's, I mean, he's already one of the most dangerous guys in the league, but if that starts falling, um, the, the stats are going to pile up for sure. And, and the other guy I wanted to mention is, is Anders Lee. He's got a team leading 10 goals. And, you know, I, I asked Barry about this after last night's game, after Tuesday's win, what, what's he seen different in Anders Lee? You know, because, you know, he, he got the 40 goals at the, the one season. And, and since then, you know, he didn't connect as much on the power play last season. And he just didn't seem like the same guy at times. Um, and Barry said, he's not seeing anything different, you know, and it may be a little bit different training in the off season, but I, I, Anders Lee looks like a, a different player. He's not just stuffed at the net all the time. You know, he's kind of, he's always down low. But he's, you know, there seems to be a little bit more movement in his game and a little bit more offensive, you know, potential that he's converting this season than he has maybe last season. He's such a driven guy. He always has been, um, you know, any doubts that maybe somebody had that when he got that big contract, he was going to take nights off and not produce anymore. I'm sure what last year, what, you know, the lack of maybe regular season success that some people might have seen from him. Um, that drives a guy like Anders Lee and, um, you know, with, with the power play being so much better and he's a big part of it, he gets to those dirty areas, he, you know, redirections, everything else. The guy's a workhorse. He's a great leader too. You know, 
Um, when Johnny first left, I remember people asking me who was going to be the next captain. It's got to be Barzy. It's got to be Barzy. Barzy was still a teenager, essentially. Yeah. Um, and Andrews was a captain at Notre Dame. He's just a terrific leader. I mean, we've dealt with him. I, I miss seeing him every day in the room just to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, but you could tell years ago, just having conversations with him before and after games, the, the kind of guy that he was and the kind of leader that he was. Um, and it's no coincidence, you know, as much as Barry's played a role in their success over the past few years, Anders being the captain of this hockey team has gone, has taken them a long way as well. Whenever you praise Anders Lee as a captain, it comes off as a, a slight on, you know, John Tavares and, and his tenure as captain, um, which, is, which is not intended. But look, you know, my experience with Anders Lee is, as a captain, this, it, it seems like he is so inclusive. Like, you know, he's the clear leader of the team, right? But it's a group effort. There's not the one guy above everyone else. It, it, it really is like, you know, this yeoman blue collar work ethic that Barry's worked so hard to instill. And I think Anders Lee, like you said, is the perfect guy in the room to kind of convey that message. Everybody has a role. I think that's another reason why the Islanders have had so much success since Trotz got here. I mean, the fourth line, I mean, nobody gets the kind of pub where, attention that Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck do. Um, and it's a testament to everybody having a role. And and you see it when, you know, Clutter goes down or when Casey got hurt last year and then missed the, the end of the playoffs as well. They just look completely different when one of those th- guys on the fourth line is missing. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up the fourth line. Uh, you know, they, they re-sign Matt Martin for four years, right? Yeah. <laughs> But they got Casey Sezikis coming up uh, uh, after this season as a, as a UFA. And, you know, I don't think – and it's not because the Islanders wouldn't want Casey back or Casey wouldn't want to be here, but they have some – you know, it's a flat salary cap, and they they got some figuring out to do. Do you – do you see Casey working it out with the Islanders or do you think there's going to be a bigger deal out there on the UFA market for him? Yeah, this one's going to be tough. Um, uh, they're going to lose obviously somebody to the, in the expansion draft for sure. Um, but you've got to resign Pellick, right? And Beauvillier needs a new deal. Um, this one's going to be tough. I mean, where do they think of Otto, Otto Koivula moving forward? Uh, you know, you've got to find room for him as well. If they think that he's going to be an NHL player, um, this is one thing about good teams, Andrew, you can't keep everybody, right? right? Um, we've seen it with the Blackhawks losing guys like Yarmelson and Brandon Saad. It, it happens. It happens across the board with, with good hockey teams. So, um, I'm sure Casey would love to stay. I know the Islander fans would love to keep him. Um, but this, you know, a team like the Penguins would, I'm sure would love to have a guy like Casey Zizekas to kind of balance things out a little bit more behind Crosby and Malkin. So we'll see how it goes. I'm sure if Luke can find a way, he, he will. Um, but this one's going to be awfully tough, I think. How I, I can't even picture that, how hard it would be to see Casey Zizekas, you know. Really tough. Really, really in tough. Peng, in a Penguins jersey, you know. Right. If he goes to the Coyotes, I think everyone can go, well, he was a great Islander and we'll see him, <laughs> we'll see him twice a year. And right. You know, good luck to you. But <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, the thing—I guess—the thing would be he wouldn't be coming back to a Nassau Coliseum in the Penguins jersey, right? It would be UBS. It would be UBS. 
Yes, but no, listen, no matter where he goes, he has been, you know, Mr. Islander essentially since he got here. Just that identity kind of guy, the Bob Nystrom type, right? So yeah. um, it would be really, really difficult to see Casey go. Um, but like I said, every good team loses good players to the cap. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right about Otto Koivula because I do think they think he's an NHL player, but he does not project to be, uh, uh, you know, in the top six. He, he's probably going to be, you know, everyone can develop and surprise you. But I think the Islanders are thinking, you know, he's a third, fourth line forward at, at this point. Sure. But they need to determine if he's a wing or if he's, if, if he's a center. And if he's a center, he's centering the fourth line because you know who your top three centers are on this hockey team for <laughs> quite, a, quite a number of years to come, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, hey, just uh, I, I mentioned UBS Arena. Just you know, what, what are your thoughts? Are you are you getting excited for this, or are you starting to feel a little melancholy about the days at the Coliseum? You know, dwindling down here. A little bit of both. Um, I grew up in that building. I remember after game, uh, well, not game six, because we didn't know if that was going to be the last one um, against the Caps in 2015. But um, after the exit meetings in 2015, I remember sitting in the 300s for a good half an hour, Andrew, by myself, just going, yeah. man, I can't believe this is it. And then just walking around the concourse aimlessly for another 20 minutes <laughs> before I finally left. Um, you know, I grew up in that building. My first game there was Kenny Morrow's overtime goal against the Rangers in 80 in 84. So I go back a long way with that building, but they've needed a new building since the nineties, really. So, um, it's just, the, it, it's, it's going to be a surreal feeling, um, in that building the first night when it opens, knowing that it's a building for the Islanders. I mean, they've never had a state-of-the-art facility for themselves even when they moved to brooklyn which is a beautiful building but it's not a, a hockey arena by any stretch um and it's i mean it's geographically it's long island but you know ubs is on that queen's long island border it's it's going to be a an unbelievable facility just touring it of, of, of geez that was two months ago i think already but um it's, it's just going to be top notch uh, i re i'm really really happy for the fan base that has waited, waited so long for something like this to happen. It's going to be really, really special. And to bring it back to the beginning, how, how many kiss shows have you seen at the Coliseum? The Coliseum, um, three, four, not that many. They haven't played there all that much. I saw them in the reunion tour in 96. And then I don't think I saw them there again until man, two, 2011 or something like that. They haven't played there all that much. I've seen them more at the garden. I lived in Philly for a few years, so I saw them in Camden a couple of times. Uh, Bridgeport, I saw them once. Jones Beach, I've seen them a bunch of times. So uh, I've been to quite a few venues to see kids. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, Brian, do you have a couple of more minutes to stick Absolutely. Around? Anything for you. All right. Great. So uh, what we're going to do now is uh, usually I answer a couple of uh, questions uh, submitted. And, uh, you know, for once, I'm... I'm not going to sound so foolish because I'm going to have help uh, answering these questions <laughs> as we get to Andrew's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. Just a couple of topics this week. And again, the questions submitted via Newsday Islanders text uh, with the... Uh, uh, the loyal subscribers there. And again, you can text 631 303 
3766 or go to newsday.com aisles text to start your 14-day trial. The first topic is one I'm going to fumble through because, uh, you know, uh, salary cap and mathematics is not my uh, strong uh, suit. <laughs> so I'm glad Brian's here. Uh, I, I'm not going to be able to help you here, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Michael Tricarico says, uh, Andrew, yesterday you you retweeted a Puckpedia tweet about performance bonuses, which I believe exist in Andy Green's contract. According to the tweet, because of the Islanders cap situation, all performance bonuses earned may result in bonus overage carryover cap hit next year. You, you still with me, Brian, there? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's where it gets a little uh, dodgy. Can you please explain how that works and what the Islanders can do to try and avoid that situation? Um, and also, this one's for you. How many McRibs did you need to offer Mr. Compton in order to get him on the podcast? Andrew and I have been very good friends from the moment he took over the beat, so he doesn't need to give me anything. I'm, I'm here to help him out. As far as the cap goes, Lou and his staff figure all of this stuff out before they do anything. They, like the idea that Lou just hands out contracts to anybody and doesn't think about the long-term ramifications is so ridiculous. Like when, when that first came out, Andrew, or when Matt Martin signed his contract um, and this is what happens. Like the Islanders can win 10 games in a row. And then something, somebody responds with, well, what about the cap in 2023? Like, why can't we just worry about today? Like, I don't, I don't understand it, but you have to understand that Lou has been doing this forever. He has a bunch of very smart people around him, which is why the owners have been so successful since he got here. Um, and they understand everything that's, that's coming. They know that Adam Pellick needs a new contract. They know that Matt Barzell is going to need another mega contract a couple of years from now. They know all of this stuff. And until the team stinks, which doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, maybe just let these guys do what they're doing because it seems to be working. That's all I have to say about that, Andrew. And, and I want to clarify, Brian and I were, were good friends before I took over. Very true. Yes. yes. No, but now I just, we get to see each other more often now, which is nice. Yes. Yeah. No, we actually sit at the same socially distanced media table. That's right. Coliseum, and we can yell at each other through masks. So. <laughs> Here's what I can... Uh, clarify a little bit about bonus overages and carryover cap hits and I, I i gotta be honest and you're right like lou has uh, steve pellegrini who who came over from the devils incredibly bright guy you know so the way i understand it typically uh, the, the the bonus overages from any given season they apply in full to the following season's cap hit right or right. to the following season's cap. Right. However, we're, we're, these are not normal times. And, you know, no one was expecting the salary cap to be flat at $81.5 million. When, when teams were signing, you know, these longer-term deals a, a few seasons back, you know, it was with the expectation that the of salary course. cap right. was, going to, uh, was going to grow. And, and, and to be honest, I... I was surprised coming into the season there was no uh no amnesty buyouts uh talk of that i thought there were you, you know teams would be able to amnesty buyout uh you know at least one player which the islanders could use that 
you know, you could get out from certainly Andrew Ladd's contract if it came to that. But, you know, there are no amnesty buyouts. There are just buyouts that have cap implications. So anyway, so the teams with overages going into next season will be able to divide that, uh, you know, 50 and 50 uh, over the next two seasons if, if they so desire. Uh, they just have to... Uh, let the league know, uh, I think it's before free agency, um, how they want to split that overage and how it's going to apply to the cap. Uh, that's at least my understanding. But you're right, you know, that the Islanders, you talk about the expansion draft, there are going to be some players the Islanders leave unprotected where you as an Islander fan go, huh, do we really want to lose this player? Like, say a guy like, uh, you know, I'm not sure of Josh Bailey's contract and what the no movement clauses are there. But, you know, if you see Josh... I don't think Bailey, he has one. What's that? I don't think Bailey has one. Right. So he can be left exposed. And, boy, that's going to be... If he's on the unprotected list, that's going to be very tempting for the Seattle Kraken. His hockey IQ is off the charts. Barry talks about it all the time. But... Andrew, you can't protect everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, so every team is has the potential of losing a pretty good hockey player. It would be a real shame if that's the way that Josh Bailey's Islander career ends. I mean, he's been here since he was 18 years old. Uh, yeah. I remember talking to him on the draft floor in Ottawa. Uh, that's how old I am. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can't keep everybody. Uh, maybe is, is it Eberly? I mean, who knows? I mean, they're going to lose a really, really good player. And this is where, you know, drafting comes into play. This is, will Simon Holmstrom be ready to replace one of these guys if they lose a top six forward uh, or the evolution of Wallstrom? You know, this, that's why it's so important for these young players uh, to develop properly. And, you know, kudos to the organization for what we've seen. We, we keep talking about Wallstrom, but, you know, people were begging to see this guy in January and they clearly thought and probably they were right that he just wasn't ready yet. Um, and this time for him to practice and, you know, the time that he had in Sweden before the season got underway, uh, it's helped grow his game leaps and bounds. It's good to see. Yeah. And, you know, I think the same can be said of Ilya Sorokin, you know, and different circumstances in that he was not eligible to play in the postseason bubbles, but he did get six full weeks in, in Toronto and Edmonton working on a daily basis yeah, uh, Mitch Korn, the director of goaltending, and uh, Piero Greco, the goalie coach. You know, hands-on, one-on-one training uh, with those guys. And not only that, but just, you know, here's this Russian kid coming in, doesn't speak the language very well. That was six weeks of getting, you know, yep. if you look at, you know, and J.G. Pajot always calls the Islanders a brotherhood, you know, yep. or you go around the NHL. And that's how you feel about your teammates or most of them. You, you feel like they're your brothers when, when you're playing with them. Right. And that, that was six weeks of getting to learn your new family and, and getting comfortable there. And I, I think that immeasurable towards whatever success Ilya Sorokin has this season. And there were so many questions before he finally signed, if he was ever, ever going to come here. You know, a Russian kid making a, a ton of money in the KHL and breaking every record that there is over there. And, um, you know, I, I've always wondered, had Lou not signed Semyon Varlamov, would Sorokin ever have come? Uh, it, you just you never you never know. It, I think it's crucial to have a guy like Varley there uh, who speaks the language and they've known each other for quite a while. Um, if that wasn't the case, as great of a story as Robin Leonard was when he was here. 
Uh, had they not made that move, would they be in this position right now? It's one of those questions that Lou probably won't tell us. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've said this before. Even before, you know, the Islanders signed Robin Leonard, I, I had heard that the they they had tremendous interest in Semyon Barlamov. Yeah. You know, Mitch Korn was always on Varlamov. He really liked Varlamov and and wanted to work with him. So it was not surprising. You know, the, the way it went down with Robin Leonard, you know, the great season he had, and we've been over it. Yeah, maybe it was surprising that, you know, they didn't really make that wholehearted an effort to re-sign him. But it was not surprising at all that Varlamov was the one who, who was signed to the, the four-year, you know, uh, was it uh, 20 million dollars yeah just to go back to the expansion draft you know and, and obviously Varlamov is crucial to what's going on here but if if you think Sorokin can be the number one goalie you know and, and this has been brought up to me would the Islanders maybe leave Varlamov exposed because that's that, that that's two years uh, of five million on the cap hit with you know, you saw them trade Devontae's, which you know a year ago I, I would have never said they they'd give up on a young defenseman like that. You know, would it be possible they 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 could leave Varlamov exposed in the expansion draft just for uh, you know business purposes? Uh, I doubt it. I I doubt it. I think they really like this tandem. I think it's important for for these two to to continue to to work together. And look, goaltending. There's, there's not a lot of Andre Vasilevsky's. Like, do we know if Sorokin can play 60 games? Uh, th- that, that's kind of going away. Like, Vasilevsky is kind of the anomaly now. Um, yeah. I think it's important to have a really good tandem. It's been s- crucial for the Islanders' success, whether it was Leonard and Grice or, or Varley and Grice and, and now Varley and Sorokin, uh, if Sorokin continues to play the way that he's playing. So uh, I think a tandem is, tandem is really, really crucial. I mean, remember last year when Barry was alternating Farley yeah. and Grice until what Christmas time? I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was 30, 33 games. Yeah. Season where Varley... That's a long time. So yeah. um, I think Barry wants that that opportunity to be able to rely on both goaltenders and not have to worry about it. So I, I would imagine that that's going to be your tandem again next year. All right. And I got one more question here from Bill who says, Will the Islanders be active at the trade dive line? Very uh, simple question here, which probably does not have a simple answer just because of uh, the salary cap implications and how tight it, it really is. Yeah, I, I don't see it, Andrew. Uh, not only because of the cap, like we were talking about before, like where are the holes? I mean, with defensive depth, maybe. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. And then you have, you know, the third line, maybe a left wing, but Michael Dalcol, I think has really evolved uh over the past year and a half he's really worked you know it's tough when you're a top five pick and you're supposed to score all these goals which never happened for michael you know sometimes you just go to europe and, and say forget this um but he's really found his niche as, a, as an nhl player on the on the four check and um you know being more of a grinder which is a shame for a number five pick but kudos to him for figuring it out and sticking sticking with it and playing in the nhl um so if this is going to be your third line moving forward you still have leo um I don't know where you go to, to improve the hockey team uh, unless it's maybe another depth defenseman. We'll see. Barring injury, because injuries, you know, we, we saw what injuries did, you know, to lose a uh, trade deadline strategy last season where he had to reach out to the Devils and bring Andy Green in here. 
um, which is probably not a move he might have made uh, otherwise. Uh, maybe, you know, I know his affinity for Andy Green, and you can never have too much defense depth. But I do agree that, you know, I, I think if there is a trade to be had, it, it probably will be, you know, maybe some defense depth. And I know Islander fans are, you know, they're asking me about Philip Forsberg. And no, they're, they're not doing that. <laughs> they're not doing that. I'll answer right now. They're not doing that. There's, there's, first of all, there's no reason to. Um, if Wallstrom is going to be able to, to score goals for this hockey team, who is Forsberg going to replace? And who are you giving up to get him? Yeah, that's yeah. not going to come cheap, right? Yeah, and 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 he's was he five point eight salary cap? Yeah, they, they, who they're already up against the cap. Like, who are you trading to get? You're going to trade Anthony Beauvillier to get Philip Forsberg? Yeah, they, the Islanders are actually over the cap. Um, it, you know, it's just that Johnny Boychuk is on long term injured reserve. So you're you're, you're talking about you're actually up around eighty six million uh, on the cap. So, and I'll say this as well. People underestimate this all the time, Andrew. Chemistry has played an enormous role in the Islanders' success. You, we used to see it every day when we used to be allowed in the locker room. Like you can just tell, uh, like we were talking about it earlier with Pajot, it's a brotherhood. These guys genuinely care for each other. It's a big reason why they've been so successful. So if you're going to get Philip Forsberg, you're going to eliminate somebody pretty important from that locker room, I would think. Yeah, and and the other one I I, I keep getting and. We'll see a lot of him over the this next stretch here. Certainly, the upcoming three games. Uh, but Taylor Hall, you know, and look, I covered Taylor with the Devils, and that seems like a million years ago for this yeah. poor guy. You know, he he had that Hart Trophy winning season. The next season, he hurts his knee. Um, he gets wind up trading to the Coyotes. I thought the Coyotes was a really good landing spot for him. Yep. Um, it's, it's too bad that that organization is just a dysfunctional mess. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that could have been a good home for him, but it, it you know, he, he wanted to test the waters. He winds up, you know, getting kind of a bridge one year, $8 million deal yep. to go to Buffalo. And, you know, it's because he wants to play for Ralph Kruger again. And now, you know, you don't know whether Ralph Kruger is going to keep that job with the way the team's performing. You know, it, it looks like Jack Eichel, you know, might be moved. It, it, certainly the Ranger fans are hoping for that. Um, and, and now Taylor Hall, it, it might be a, a, a rental again. And, you know, he's got, was he have one goal? I, he has I one goal. One goal. He has one goal. In the first game, right? <laughs> I, I believe so. It was definitely early. So I think I think this train needs to leave the station as far as the fans go. I know they love Taylor Hall. They have been after him since the whole rumor with Travis Hamanick. How many years ago now? Um, Taylor Hall is a is a good player. Uh, I talk, I I said this to you the other night, Andrew. He is living off those last three months in New Jersey. He yeah. really, really when he won the Hart Trophy, when he was unquestionably the best player in the league, but. It's been a it's been a while now, and where why are you going to pursue this guy um, again with the Islanders? Where are the holes? Why are the fans in such a rush to go out and get Terrell Hall when they when they're winning almost every pretty much every night? Um, and if Wallstrom again, if he's going to be this guy, um, I wouldn't tinker with this too much. Again, if they make any moves, I think it's going to be something small. I, I would tend to agree. I mean, the caveat here is that. No one knows what the heck Lou Lamarillo is thinking. Ever. Right. 
you know, I know his son, Chris Lamarillo, is the assistant GM. I would guess there are things Lou withholds from, from Chris at times. Just Oh, like, no, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Lou, Lou keeps his thoughts to himself. Probably going back to when Chris was a kid. What's for dinner, Dad? You, you'll find out later, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? By the way... <laughs> That was the answer, like, and my mom was always more ticked off about it. But like, you know, you'd walk by the kitchen. Hey, mom, what's for dinner? Right. Food. There's you'll eat it food. and you'll like it. Yes. It's like, come yeah. on. Mom. <laughs> give me a hint. <laughs> give me a scouting report. Here. Right. Uh, and and you know, while we're we're doing therapy on my childhood here, <laughs> my mom always had five cookie tins above five. the fridge. Yeah, there were always five cookie tins. Wow. Jars above Jealous. the refrigerator. Never any freaking cookies in the cookie jar. What was in them? Five cookie jars on the fridge. And one day uh, as a teenager, when I was feeling like the king of the world, um, I finally confronted my mom about this. I said, mom, we have five freaking cookie jars. There are never any cookies. Why we I can't get a cookie in this house? <laughs> and my mom turns to me and she goes, "Whenever I buy cookies, you just eat them." What are you supposed to do with them? <laughs> it's like, I, I, I don't know. It was faulty logic. <laughs> I, I, I think it explains a lot when you know, like you've seen me eat. I eat like I'm in prison. If there's food in front of me, I'm, I can confirm. Yes, it's and, it's and, quite a sight. Yeah, I'll stab you if you try. And- <laughs> Keep your hands and feet away from his mouth. And by the way, I am looking forward to the end of the pandemic when we can all get together for uh, for uh, pregame meals and just have lots of yucks. That's- lots of movie lines with Arthur in the background just shaking his head at us like, look at these idiots. <laughs> right? I miss that. That reminds me, we, we've done almost uh, we, we've done almost 50 minutes here. Uh, I've not asked you to recite your, your favorite quotation from Airplane. The whole movie. What What's your favorite moment in the airplane? Oh, I, I can't share that. You know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, Andrew. All right, well, you'll figure it out, and so will the listeners. Yeah, no, I I, yeah, I think it's all of our favorite <laughs> moments. And but <laughs> anyway, Brian, thank you so much for uh, spending uh, the whole show with us. My and, pleasure, buddy. It was a lot yeah. of fun. We will. I'll, I'll have to do this again. Uh, you know, uh, not so much that we we wind up paying you for it, but <laughs> but I would love to do this again with you at some point. Anytime, brother. All right. Well, listen. Thanks for the questions, and and thank you, Brian, for sticking with us. Uh, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday. You can uh, find me on Twitter at a Gross Newsday, and also please. Try out our Newsday Islander text, which is uh, your, your best best way of uh, communicating one-on-one with me and other Newsday staffers. You can text 631-303-3766. That texting number again is 631-303-3766. Or you can go to newsday.com backslash IELTS text to start your 14-day trial subscription. And happy hockey, everybody, and happy hockey to you, Brian. Happy hockey to you, Andrew.